Welcome to the Secrets of the She-Wolf podcast. I am your host, Ashley Renee. On this podcast, I will be taking you through a journey of my own vulnerable stories around love, compassion, forgiveness, expansion, and learning to walk through the fires of this journey with ease and grace. I will also be interviewing amazing men and women who have walked through the depths of their own shadows. The She-Wolf encourages you to let your wild side up and out to run free. Unleash your talents and your heart's deepest desires. Remember how to center yourself in the midst of chaos. Remember your capacity to love through the loss and the pains of this life. It all starts with you choosing to love yourself. Be the example of how you want others to show up for you by first showing up for yourself fully. Hello, beautiful listeners of the Secrets of the She-Wolf podcast. Thank you for joining us for another beautiful episode. So as you know, this podcast goes into the depths of all sorts of traumas, all sorts of things that we deal with as humans in this world. And we can talk about the uncomfortable, we can talk about the messy and all of it on this podcast, because we don't want anyone to be left out. We want everyone to be seen. We want everyone to be heard. We want you to know that you can reach out for help and and receive what you need, that you are deserving and so worthy of receiving every single bit of what you need. And that it is okay to express yourself in a vulnerable way. And so today I have the honor of having a beautiful guest. Um, And I am so honored to um, bring him on. Welcoming Antonio today. And I'm going to welcome him and allow him to introduce himself to you all. Oh, hi. Um, Again, I'm Antonio Myers. Um, High school valedictorian. I'm a college graduate. I am a two-time commencement speaker. That means two graduation speeches. And I'm a designated disability services provider. And I am an international traveler. Amazing. Beautiful. So you have a you have a podcast as well, right? What do you what do you do on there? Oh, it's called Tonio Time Daily. I talk about the uncomfortable and the nasty that Ashley has on her show. So our show is pretty similar. It's it, it's an explicit content podcast. So yes, I use adult language. I talk about uh, sex. I talk about human rights. I talk about politics. I talk about uh, romance. I, I talk about abuse. I talk about anything and everything. Nothing's off limits on my show. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I suggest our listeners check it out. Um, so you said you're a world traveler. That's exciting. Yes. Italy, Croatia, Slovenia, and London, England. Beautiful. What inspired you to travel? 
I, I've always been a lover of multicultural diversity. The schools I attended tended to have sprinkles of the human diversification portfolio uh, everywhere at my schools, especially this one called Ivy Mount Schools in Rockville, Maryland. It is where from 2000 to 2007, so about second to eighth grade, that was my school. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love traveling. It's, it's a way to expand our awareness and our knowledge of the world around us and yes. submerse ourselves in other cultures. Yes. And plus, I, I remember going in college, we had a bridge program where we had to pass the cultural sensitivity classes so you knew how to interact as a lingo, the uh, cultural adaptation from there to you know from here to there they had to not offend any of the sensibilities of the great britain and the italians amazing yeah we didn't have anything like that in the school that i went to (laughs) (laughs) i had to learn all of that on my own the first time i traveled to bali by myself (laughs) (laughs) so you learning on the fly (laughs) yeah Definitely learning on the fly. It was a very interesting experience because going through China, um, I I didn't realize kind of what the dress code was per se and that the women cover up more. And I tend to wear tank tops and shorts and and I have a lot of tattoos. And so the tattoos are are not necessarily looked at as as great in that culture either, especially on women. Oh, that's horrible. So I got some really interesting looks going through China and I was like, okay, note to self, I need to do some research on the cultures before I go and make sure that <laughs> I'm at least respecting like their dress codes and, and kind of what their culture does. <laughs> wow. Tattoos are great, by the way. I just want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love them. They all have very deep spiritual meaning to me. Speaking of spiritual meeting, spiritual meeting, I just deconverted from religion. Oh, beautiful. You wanna you wanna tell our listeners a little bit about that? Yes. <laughs> um I, I, I come to recognize that when it came to and I'm not a religious bigot. I can't assume that everyone knows that I know, so I just put that disclaimer out there. At the same time, I noticed that religion it had a tendency to be very exclusive in us versus them. Mm-hmm. And their extremist thinking is something that I cannot support. Because I'll give you a case in point. So they'll bash uh, LGBTQIA plus human beings. But if hate crimes happen to them, We'll say nothing and do nothing. See that? See that's all the example. I need to know that I, I can't. It's horrible. Yeah. That's that's why I practice a secular spirituality. Meaning, I'm a secular person with ethical and moral. You can be ethical and moral without religion because love has no religion. Love is my religion. My religion is love. So I don't practice any religion. Yep. Beautiful. 
Beautifully said. And I, you know, I also have a similar story. So I grew up um, Christian and it was, yes, it it was very much forced on me. I, that's not what I would have chosen. And Mm. it it never resonated with me from a child. I would be sitting in church and I'd be the first one to fall asleep. Um, I, I was terrible. They could be singing and I would straight up fall asleep standing up like, I just, I did, it didn't resonate with my heart. And (laughs) the biggest thing that didn't resonate with me was the fact that it seemed so fear-based. It was like, you had to fear a God. And it was like, if, if, if this God you are teaching about is so loving and forgiving, then I should not have to fear this entity. (laughs) And so I, I, I stripped myself of all religion and I went into, you said it beautifully. I went into my own space of like, love is, is everything you to have simple kindness, love, and compassion for other human beings is absolutely everything in this world. There you go. Yes. Well said all true. (laughs) He said, I couldn't understand, especially the sexual repression part. Mm. Oh, God. I have needs. And you're telling me to be heterosexist and heteronormative about my erotic necessities? No, no, no. Well, and and even on a a depth of of just... um, what what's the word heterosexual i guess is is what i would be um but that it was i was always so taught that sex was bad it was a sin it was it was all of these things so you too oh yeah so oh, man oh, yeah. the feeling i know so, okay. Woo. what's crazy is that like you said we have needs even as women we have needs and so I started my my sexual exploration in high school. I, I lost my virginity about 16. But what Yay. came with that, Woo. what came with that was this underlying guilt and shame because of what religion had taught us and yes. how sex was so bad and wrong. Woo. And so I went through years of of having sex and, and using it as a way of gaining validation. And also a way of, of stepping into, well, if I have sex, they'll stay with me. They'll like me, the, you know, all of this stuff. Yeah. But then it was like the religious stuff hit me on the backside and it was like, well, I felt guilty and shameful and and all of this other stuff for even acting on my desires in the first place. That's fucked up. Right. Think of how many people like are are still trapped and stuck in that loop of of feeling all this shit, this gate that wow shame and guilt and and things that go with the conditioning of how they have been taught what is a quote proper way of being within yeah. the religious society. Yeah, this scary shit. I yes, I'm calling it shit because it it it's. <laughs> misogynistic and sexist and chauvinistic toxic masculinity policing a woman's full humanness and her full humanity it's all bullshit yeah yeah 
And it's so interesting to me. I've always been one. So even schools, you know, in our education systems, in sex ed, they teach us not to do it. And they show us all these horrifying pictures. Mm -hmm. And what I've always thought is what if, so for one, if you tell someone not to do something, especially a kid, what are they going to do? They're going to go do it anyway. Hand the cookie jar. No, I didn't eat it, mom. Exactly. So within our sexual education system in, in schooling, I think it should be taught of like, teach them their proper anatomy. What does the vagina contain? What is the anatomy? You know, what is the anatomy of, of the man? What is, Mm -hmm. how do these parts work? How does pleasure work? How is it connected to your heart? Like if they would teach how to honor, respect, and take care of yourself, Damn right. We would have less disease. We would have less teen pregnancies and all of these things because teenagers would respect themselves. Yes, there are sexual boundaries. They shouldn't dictate what they are because we're all, we have diverse temperaments and personalities. So mine, yours, they may have their, because you have monogamy, you have non-monogamy. So you can't, there can't be a blanket statement for all and I bring that up because I'm an abuse survivor. Yeah, um, I'm a victim of rape. And the way I was able to heal from it is learning this model from HealthySex.com. Consent, equality, respect, trust, safety. That's the search model. And it's important to be a sensitive lover, a compassionate lover, a lover who has empathy and exuded even in the sensuality and sexuality. And there's a relationship between autism and sexuality. We're basically very sensitive, good, very sensitive when it comes to the whole nine yards of sex, everything you think of. That's what makes us, some people say the best lovers. That's just our, our truth. And I, I spent years in therapy and counseling, and I even spent time in a psychiatric institution. You know, I, I, I was struggling emotionally. And I, they said, well, because you're laughing and joking, you know, to help handle the abuse when you're a kid, we don't think you need medication. And so it's good to go take your meds if you need them. No shame in that. There's also no shame in therapy counseling. Get all of the psychological, psychiatric support you need, but that is how I was able to heal. Beautiful, beautiful. And that, yeah, that's that's such an important thing to bring up. Um, I think so many, like, I, I see it all the time as well as, you know, there's this, this wounded masculine trait that is surfaced because of patriarchy. And with this comes a force almost. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a, and and not that, that women don't do the forcefulness as well, but most of the time it is a man perpetrator. And so I feel like that's a lot to do with like the wounded masculine and this surge of testosterone that they don't know what to do with. And then Mm -hmm. a society that puts love and intimacy in a box. And, you know, I, there's so many more important elements to a relationship than sex. Right. Because 
when we think of internet, people ignorant think of sex first. There's more than one, like emotional intimacy is what we're doing. We feel safe with each other. We feel protected by each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's equal times to talk, equal times to listen. You feel that we're each other. This is what I call it. We're each other's safe graces, safe spaces, and safe places, safe havens. Yeah. And when you feel that way, that's why we smiling together, we're laughing together, we're being vulnerable. But we're also being transparent in a sense of, hey, I'm not going to put my metaphorical mask on and pretend that happy, happy, joy, joy is always my 24-7 reality. So that there's more than one type of intimacy. There's just that physical intimacy. It could be a handshake. Be mm-hmm. hug. It could be a sense of, hey, I may need some personal space. We can still near each other, don't be too near, you know. So there's more than one way to connect intimately with a human being. And I also was uh, sexually violated by women, so the wounded masculine. I totally get where you're coming from. And there's there's fully that that wounded feminine as well. And and they're both intertwined in one another because they've never experienced what true balance or healing is within, you know, that that space. And I think mm-hmm. the, the most important thing to mention there is that we we all men or women, no matter how you identify, we all have both aspects of feminine and masculine energies within. And yeah. when we can create a wholeness within ourself. Mm-hmm. then we can then begin to witness and see that in another person. Yeah, that's, that, you're talking about oneness and wholeness right there. Because I learned this concept recently called the divine sacred feminine energy and the divine sacred masculine energy. But I like how they were free of gender warfare. It's about acknowledging the spectacular duality within us. Yeah. Yeah, I I think gender it matters less than people think. You know when Thank it you. Yes. when it comes to procreating and having children. Yes, obviously you need the bond of both. But in that same sense, our world is overpopulated in the first place. Not everyone needs to have children. So and some people are bad parents. So yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's the sad part too. Um, <laughs> But so I think, you know, I've always viewed it as like, it's nature's way of, of creating balance. So if you have a, um, I don't know the proper term, I guess, a homosexual couple um, or same sex couple, and they Mm -hmm. adopt a child, well, they're taking a child out of like the foster systems and they're actually giving them a beautiful home. Yeah, that's awesome. Like there's, there's so many ways that it's creating balance and it's Mm -hmm. not this this evil thing or this wrong thing that, you know, society has, has kind of placed on it's right. Like that, like now in Tennessee, their, their Senate is very homophobic and transphobic too. They recently passed a bill banning transgender sport competition, which is shitty in my view. And the whole, because you're, um, They'll say queer. Um, no, you're gonna poison your children with that city too. And I'm glad you talked about you losing your virginity because 
I am sexually active with young ladies too. I have been, and I lost my identity way before, well, before I was 20 in my teens. And um, it was awesome. <laughs> I say that word a lot, but that is it was fabulous. And, you know, I mean, yeah, there were safe sex, of course, and the proponent of safe sex. I've never had sex without any form of protection protocol. Um, but, yeah, I am very comfortable with nudity and sexuality. I'm not approved at all. I'm a sex-positive movement member. Yes, sex positivity is, is fantastic. And also, I'm a sexually liberal person in every which way. I'm a sexually liberated, sexual revolutionist type. I'm a hippie at heart when it comes to both weed and sex. <laughs> Beautiful. I think that, that sex is a is a really good topic just because so many don't have a healthy view of what sex is, you know, they, they think that it's something that you do um, and that it has this end goal, but I like to view it as kind of more of the tantric way of, of of that. It's about the journey. It's about the experience. And the fact that you get to orgasm at the end is just an amazing, magical benefit. Icing on the cake. Yes. (laughs) You went to have, the adventurous trailblazing yes. of soul uh, mixture and complement each other's ups and downs. That's how I look at sex. So I'm glad that yes, I am a proponent of tantric sex. That's my favorite kind of sex to have personally. I love it. It it, it creates that intimacy because mm-hmm. so this is something else I want to m- mention to our our listeners now that we're on the sex topic obviously. Um, Yay! Is that sex does not have to be penetrative. Yes. So thank you Ashley. There is there is so many ways of enjoying pleasure without it being the, you know, quote traditional way of sex. Or play. Yes. Oh, foreplay is the best. Like if you can, if you know, and that's the thing too, is, is I've heard a lot of my male clients ask, well, I can't, I can't last very long in bed. I get, you know, there's, there, there's uh, more time. Well, it's, it's so much around like the emotions and just different things like that. But I, I truly feel if people would go back to eye gazing and simply just touching one another, tickling, rubbing, like creating an atmosphere to where you ignite all of the sensations. The eroticism avalanche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, you know, I used to think that it was crazy to bring foods into the bedroom. But now, oh, no. like, oh, I love the juicy little foods that, like, taste amazing. The hot and- dog, you rub it on the person, and you, you slurp the chest of the person with the ice cream and syrupy oiling each other yep I'm a piali see that's so many I think are even um you know this kind of goes back to the religious thing but I think there's so much shame and guilt around sex that yeah. it makes it hard for people to experiment and to fully come out of their shell to right. experience like I am non-monogamous so the whole way to marriage thing doesn't work 
Plus, I have a high libido, so that's impossible. I'm into somebody. I am all the way full-blown in. So the whole wedding night roll, I can't. I can't wait that long. I will not. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't be wearing a white dress if I ever get married. It's going to be like a, you know, a different color because... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I, and I think that's, um, it's so interesting as well. So this is something that's really intriguing to me. And this kind of goes back to religion again, but I was speaking to a gentleman the other day and I'm really empathic. So I feel people, you know, if, me if too. I'm an empath as well. Yep. Sometimes it's, it sucks, but you know, it, it gives us a deeper insight. Correct. Yeah, correct. And so, Speaking with him, I was, I was sitting, you know, I wasn't facing him. I was kind of facing the lake and he mm-hmm. was off to my side and we were just chatting. Well, the conversation got a little bit more intimate. I guess I'll, I'll use that word. And so I, I decided to face him Well, I opened my energy center up to him mm. and my stomach started hurting so bad. And I was like, oh. I need to ask him what's happening. And so I asked him, I said, what is going on in your life? Like, what is eating at you? And he goes, I, well, my family tells me I'm angry. And I was like, okay, so why are you angry? He goes, well, my marriage is shit. I'm not happy. And I was like, okay. I was like, so now I understand the stomach pain I'm feeling. I said, why would you stay in an unhappy situation? And the first thing he brought up to me, he goes, I don't believe in divorce because I'm a Christian. Ah, yes. That's why you have sexual and domestic violences occurring in Protestant churches and not just Catholic churches. And and the the big reason why I left religion was they treat abuse survivors the same way the rest of the world does, Mm -hmm. right? The cover-up of abuse, the don't report the allegations, or we will find a way to financially, environmentally make your life a living hell and make your life your hell on earth and abuse survivors are leaving the church and I'm one of those abuse survivors that left the church I just couldn't like if you're gonna bring street culture in a place that you call God's house I'm out yeah yeah and I you know and like with his situation when I was listening to it my only question to him was if you believe in a loving God how would that God, like, why would that God want you to stay in a, in a situation where you're suffering? Right. Why would he want you to be in a circumstance that shocked you here? Yeah, I don't, there's, our, our, this is why I started this podcast is to talk about things like this, because our world is so twisted. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a damn shame kind of world we live in. It's very interesting if you're able to, so one of my favorite sayings is be the eye of the storm instead of being consumed by the storm. Oh, you're talking about innovation, talking about internal fight, which is, you know, because that tends to give you more um, inside wiggle room because your naked eye, this one with the sockets in, can only see all the blessings and miracles and I mean all these are non-religiously that are right in front of you yeah yeah it it allows you to 
choose your own peace, you know, reclaim your power so that you're mm-hmm. truly sitting in your safety of your own self. And then that allows you to see out into the world in a broader perspective. Mm, I love our intellectual um, exchanging right now. Because that's true, because you're able to pick up on his self-horror and self-hostility that he's indoctrinated with. You're able to ask him accountability-based inquiries in about when it, basically you indirectly told him and ordered him to take responsibility for his entire livelihood. He was able to get it because you you made him lose honesty out of himself without even being aggressive about it. You struck, a, as they say, struck a chord with his soul about it. So mm-hmm. much respect to you. I actually, you know, and that's, that's part of being a embodiment coach or a life coach is like, mm-hmm. and, and a, and a trauma therapist, you know, I can't tell you what you need, but you know what you need. So the only thing I can right. do is ask you the right questions for you to ask yourself so oh. that you can inquire and dig deeper and find your own answers. Oh, because you're teaching a client how to be their own therapist. So when the sessions end, it doesn't, the, the self sessions don't end. I like right. this. Yeah, because that's the most important part. So I went through many years of psychotherapy. So I struggled with PTSD. I struggled with all kinds of I, different things. Yes, I have post-traumatic stress, anxiety, and depression. Yeah, and so... I have gotten rid of all of those things. I have healed all of those things from using plant medicine and, and ancient, ancient medicine, meditation, you know, things like that. What I noticed was that like in the, in the psychology that I was doing, it wasn't really working. I was talking Mm -hmm. about my problems, but it was, it was just, it was essentially recreating that same story in my head over and over and over again. Negative reinforcement, right. And I would sit there for an hour and then she wouldn't give me any homework, anything that I could Whoa. like really do. Red flag, and, red flag. Right. And so when I went into trauma therapy, my main goal was how do I create a safe space to, to teach you how to dive into yourself and feel uh-huh. safe diving into yourself? Right. And how do I teach you tools and practices that you can leave and take with you to be able to continue your healing in deeper ways, even after you have left our session? Right. Because the self-psychological coaching is within us. Mm -hmm. The wisdom is, is, is engulfed within us, too. Like yeah. we can answer the questions only we can. Other people can only we can answer. And, you know, I really, oh, by the way, I've kissed on the lips before. I meant to say that earlier, talk about sex. I like tongue kissing. <laughs> you know, I, I spoke with a, um, a friend the other day, and we were talking about how a kiss can make or break the whole thing. <laughs> well, made. Every time on my end, <laughs> I am that damn good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Oh, so while we have a little bit of time left, I wanted to get a little bit into your gift of autism and that that may, um, you know, may not see it as a gift yet or may have different views or or may not know how to view it even, you know? Um, Okay. So I'm tell my whole story. Let's see, the ACCR is diagnosed with pervasive developmental disorder. That was considered the autism in the 90s because autism knowledge wasn't as expertise-minded as it is now. And so they're basically the experts, because not every expert is an expert, I had to learn. Um, they were complaining that he's not talking to strangers. My parents told me not to. They make me feel bad for being a good boy to my mom and dad. Okay, wow. And then they were complaining still at four. He's still not talking. He's not talking at the typical neurotypical ways when he's supposed to talk. He's supposed to do it at this age. He's not doing it. Shortly after that, I started talking. I haven't stopped talking since. And so they labeled me with speech and language impairment. I, I, uh, okay, let's let that sink in. <laughs> wow. And math. I was always the high, they, gave, they said you have a math learning issue, but I was always the, a top performing math student. I, I, okay. And I've always won oratorical contests, and people say, "We, I like your calm, soothing, smooth voice. I understand you. I like hearing you talk. It's very relaxing, very warm. And I like that you take your time and speak. Because the DC Public Schools effort, that's who that was referred to, were complaining that I speak too slowly. And clearly, we can have a... Um, inner conversation quite just fine. <laughs> and so at four, they had this, my parents along with um, the kind experts sued DC Public School on my behalf, this is 97. And so I, we won the lawsuit and they had to pay for my private education, special education until I, my, I graduated high school as number one in my class that day. Um, let's see, I could type 50 words per minute in middle school. Um, 12th grade reading love was a 7th grader. 6th grade cashier, 7th group beer club. I love group beer club. And cursive crown, meaning I'm literate in cursive writing and reading. So I saw a classmate get it, and I said, I'm going to get it on my very first try. That's what cursive crown is. That a crown where they said, you want me... I would put on top of your head as a, a, a like a little kid crown as an award. So seventh grade secretary, eighth grade president, um, high school valedictorian, college graduate, international traveler, Italy, Croatia, Slovenia, London, England. So I was at the Sistine Chapel, saw the Queen's uh, chariot, Elizabeth passed me by, and I saw Pope Francis in person speak that Pope Francis is memorabilia everywhere and the pasta is better in Italy than here. So Buckingham Palace too is also great. Let's see what else I did. Oh, 4.0 11th grade. 
Um, I was always doing book reports, and we got to go to the mall because I was the main one doing book reports. We had sections in our high school of we'll let you take a field trip to encourage literacy, and I was the best. So my team always got to go to the old White Flint Mall and uh, Montgomery County, Maryland was open. So that was cool. Let's see, did basketball, softball, track. Uh, yeah, those were fun for me to do. Ooh, I had to take a cultural sensitivity class to go to the uh, countries I went to. I passed them, so I got to go, so we would be culturally respectful. Hmm. I to think, wow, I've done so much. I recently was appointed by the D.C. Mayor, Mayor Bowser, to the State Rehabilitation Council, the entity that it, that helps with disability advocacy in terms of any needs that these disabilities have. I got appointed la- early last year, March 2020. Yeah, one year ago I was appointed. You know, I, I can do, I'm a designated disability service provider, so I, I know a lot about direct support professional work. I got that certification in 2019. That was awesome. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I have servant leadership, fabulous optimism. That means I'm positive no matter what, and I serve for all the right, morally right reasons. Um, yeah, that's me. That's, I'm a well-rounded person. I'm a jack-of-all-trades, a renaissance person, and a polymath. That's who I am. That is absolutely incredible. You know, and I think that some people have the the notion or the limiting belief that if you have autism, that you're not going to go very far or that you're always going to live at home or mm-hmm. just, you know, the, the world is too stimulating for you. You're too sensitive. You're, you're going to always be in breakdown. Right. And so I love that you came in here. Like you have more experience, world experience than I do. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that is, that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. 27. That is incredible. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, wow. You have so many beautiful experiences, and I'm sure so many more to come. Like, yeah. And I started podcasting because I wanted to broadcast my greatness to the world. It's, it's in high demand by me and by the public. So that's why I did it. Because at first I was scared because I was like, but I'm black in a racist world. I'm autistic in a neurotypical world. I'm a child abuse victim in an adult supremacy world. Who is here for me? I'm glad that many people want to hear from me because I assumed I'm supposed to be this private person, but I'm not. I'm a public person. Yeah. Oh, that is so beautiful. I am so happy that you are shining your light out into the world and sharing your magic. There are so many that need that. Thank you. Oh, by the way, human services major, uh, psychology is my minor. I have people skills and I love psychological undergoings and undertakings. Incredible. Wow. I, I cannot wait to see like what you do in the world. Like when people truly find out like who you are and what you have to share with the world, like your, your presence is going to expand into the whole world. It's, 
I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so are we friends or colleagues? I always like clarity. You know, I would say friends at this point. Okay. I, I consider you soul family. Like we, we yes. have, yeah, yeah. It just, <laughs> so for our listeners, this is the first time that we have gotten to speak. We, um, we got connected on a beautiful website that helps uh, podcasters connect. Mm-hmm. And so, um, we, we messaged, uh, very, very briefly and, and today is our first conversation. And so, yes, it, it's been absolutely wonderful, a pleasure and an honor to speak to you today. You as well. Thank you for being my soul family too. <laughs> oh, well, we are coming to the end. So if you want to tell our listeners how they might be able to reach you or find you and, and be able to connect with you. Oh, I am on Tonio Time Daily. That's my YouTube channel. I'm actually uploading more videos now, but I've uploaded plenty, but I'm going to start uploading them every day. But I got a lot of podcast content. Tonio Time Daily podcast. So I put my audio recordings in my podcast on YouTube. Antonio uh, Myers is my Twitter. Just look for my face. Uh, highly praiseworthy Grace Mayor. Highly praiseworthy Grace Mayor is what my full name means. Antonio Ray Martin. Um, let's see. On let's see. Facebook, it has my Antonio Myers. Find my face. That's where you can find me. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. So- I just want to thank all of the listeners for coming on and listening to another wonderful podcast episode with the amazing guests that I have today. And I want to let you know that you are worthy. You are deserving. Everything that you are feeling is valid. It's okay to be fully expressed in your truth. We need more authenticity unapologetically in this world. Yeah. And so I really, really want you to know that if you need help, if you don't know where to reach, if you don't know where to go, there are many of us out there that can help you. And if, you know, if I'm not the therapist or the coach for you, please reach out to me anyways. And I can put you into contact with someone who is a match with your frequency and your energy. Um, I just want you all to know that I am so grateful for you to follow this podcast and I hope that you are getting nuggets of gold from every single episode and that you are taking away and being able to improve your life in some sort of way. And I hope that you will join us next week on another wonderful episode of the Secrets of the She-Wolf. Blessings. Yay!